What is going on, guys? Welcome to Real Men Talk. I am so glad to have my voice back. I'm sure you are too. And so today we are going to be talking about the cross. Here we are. We're in 2024. What does the cross mean to us in this time, in this age? And uh, what what kind of a role is it going to play in our lives as we go in throughout this year? So let's get started on Real Men Talk. Welcome to Real Men Talk, discussing the tough issues facing men and their families every day. Here are your hosts. All right, guys, welcome to Real Men Talk, man. We're so excited to be back in in the studio and stuff. I'm so glad to be feeling better. Kyler, I'm so glad you're here. What's up, Kyler? Hey, guys, what's happening? All right, so uh, if you listened to last week's episode, I apologize about my voice again. Uh, we (laughs) We were getting over some sickness and stuff, and so... Um, we are definitely feeling better. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, and so today we're going to be hitting the ground running. And I am excited. I'm always excited to be on here. I love you guys. I love this podcast. And uh, and so we're going to be talking about uh, the cross. And, you know, I told you guys in the last week's episode about how the Lord had given me a word for 2024. And that word was holiness, you know, and, and you know, and to be set apart and, and things. And so I begin to, to think about what does that mean for us as Christian men? What does that, what does that mean for us to be set apart? You know? And so in order to be different from the world, to be set apart for the world, we have to understand, um, what the world is doing, you know, and it's crazy because, you know, the Bible, as long, as long ago as it was written, you know, 2000, you know, roughly 2000 years ago, the Bible predicted, you, you know, the, it, and I don't know, if, I don't know if predicted is the right word. Uh, maybe things just haven't changed much, right? For society, you know, but when you go into second Timothy, which Kyler's getting ready to read here in a second, um, it, you know, it describes what is happening to a T, you know, the, the same things were happening then and it's happening today. Uh, I do believe that it is, it is probably more prevalent today that it has then then in my lifetime in the 40 years that I've been here on earth I've never seen anything like uh, what is going on and and I believe that 2024 is going to be such a crucial year um in a lot of different ways you know not only politically you know we've got a big election coming up this year we'll talk about later on uh in the year we'll be pushing real hard but um you know it, in spirituality um you, you know already I'm seeing things um, on the, you know, from pastors that I would not, I would not expect, um, to be happening, you know, the, you know, which we, we may break down in other podcasts. I don't want to necessarily do that now because we would be here forever, but, um, you, you know, just, just things already. And I think that a lot of it has to do with the fact that Satan knows his time is short. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that he understands that, that he, if he's going to do something, he has to do it now. Like his, he, he knows, you know, he knows the Bible better than we do. And he understands that his time is coming to an end. And he understands that, that he is, his days are numbered and he wants to, to create an, as much confusion and destruction as he possibly can. And we're seeing that throughout the world today. Um, Kyler, if you don't care to go ahead and read that second Timothy chapter three. Um, 
So in, ver- or in chapter three, it says, but understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty for the people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unpeaceable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. Yes. You know, and, and I'll tell you, used to things used to be hitting, hidden. You know what I mean? I, I was thinking about this as a kid. Uh, you know, we just dropped our kids off at college and I was talking to one of the directors there and I was telling them, I was like, man, I am so thankful for this college because, you know, there's this sense of protection. It's a Christian college, you know, at a church, um, a Bible believing church, a Bible believing college, um, uh, James River College, just shout out for them. And, um, you know, and I, I dropped my boys off there this weekend for one for the second semester, his second semester, one for his first semester. And, um, and I got talking to the staff and I was like, I'm so thankful for this college because there's, there's a season of protection. Like there, there's this extra protection. Now that they're out of my home, they're not at, underneath my protection anymore. When you begin to send them out in the world, there, there's this sense of protection in this college that, that a lot of colleges do not have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even, even a lot of Christian colleges do not have, you know, uh, we were talking about some of the, the, there's even there, the associations, you know, it's cool because in this college, all the, all the professors that teach the classes, they come to the church, right? So not like, they don't even allow like the liberal professors to come in and teach their churches. Cause there, there's just as many liberal prof- professors in the Christian colleges as there are in the secular colleges. And you have to be extremely careful. And so was, we were talking about how, how excited I was for this extra protection because this world, you know, to where things, whenever I was a kid, you know, yeah, we, we had rebellious people. We had, you, you know, you, you know, we were all punks, you know, and stuff like that. But even there was still this sense of, you know, there were things that were, that were reserved for the quiet place, right? you like, you didn't, you didn't want that out in public. And now people don't even care. Nope. You know, Kyler, I'm sure you're seeing it in just inside the school it's every it's everywhere i mean you go to walmart you go to target you go to wherever i mean people don't care anymore they don't have any any type of how my mother would put it cooth about them they don't care they'll tell you anything and everything i mean i had a kid just walk up to me the other day and be like coach can we have the talk no i'm not your mom or your dad i'm not gonna have that with you but they don't care they'll talk about sex they'll talk about drinking they'll talk about alcohol and i mean where i work i work with 12, 13, 14 year old people who are just now getting into a maturity of some kind. They shouldn't even have this on their mind. They should just be kids. Mm -hmm. But in our society nowadays, we want everybody to mature so fast. And then we want everybody to know everything. And which, I mean, we created a microwave society where they've got it all at their fingertips. So, I mean, they can see, they can express, they can do whatever they want to, however they want to. And we've not stopped it. And it's just sad because everybody there, there's no, we've created a world with no boundaries. And because we don't have boundaries, we've allowed people to talk how they want to talk to on Facebook. They, we can tweet what we want to tweet. We can get on TikTok and do whatever type of dance we want to dance to. And nobody's had any morals or anything else because we, who cares about the boundaries anymore? We just tear down the boundaries, tear down the walls. Don't build a wall because that's bad for you. Don't put up any type of blocks around people. Don't put up any safeguards because if you have safeguards, that's bad. 
and that's where the world has gone to and that's how we're, we'll continue to see yeah and it's it, it's just and it's so in your face you know, like you said everywhere you go i mean you, it doesn't matter if you go to the grocery store i mean it is there constantly you can't you can't watch a football game without some kind of sexuality being pushed in your face and you, you know it, it, you know it, it's just it, it, it's it, it's crazy it's crazy and i know that some of this stuff has always been around that's you know, i understand that and but it, it again it just seems so much more prevalent so i i say all that to, to say this is that the standard of holiness seems to be so much more stronger right you, you know you look inside the church and with social media being the way that it is you know, with having everything at our fingertips, even with adults and stuff like that, it seems like we became, we have become numb, which is the reason why it is so prevalent inside the church. You know, the, the amount of men that struggle with pornography, the, the percentage wise is just as high inside the church as it is outside of the church. Well, yeah. I mean, you log on to Google, you Google something and it could pop up as an ad. Yes. I mean, you click on the wrong page and it's all just right there. And then all the devil has to do is just spark that curiosity. That's it. And we, we allow ourselves. I mean, we had uh, Scott Wilkerson on a couple. I mean, it's been probably about a month or so, a little bit over a month ago. But he was talking about how he doesn't even allow himself to even be around that because he knows what it can do. And that goes back to setting those boundaries that we don't set boundaries. We were talking to my worship pastor on Sunday and his wife and I were talking and she got rid of social media. She got rid of Facebook. She got rid of everything. And I did that a couple of years ago around the election time. Um, and we just got rid of it completely. And I told her, I was like, it's just so much more freeing. I don't have to worry about the temptation. I don't have to worry about clicking on people's stuff and seeing all the drama and seeing everything else. Now, I don't have that extra temptation. I don't have my screen time went down so much because I didn't just sit there and scroll because all it does is take time away from what matters. And that's what the devil wants. If he can, if he can take your time and skew it and direct it to how he wants it, he's going to. But back to what we're talking about. Sorry, I ventured off for a second. You're good. But I mean, it's just so simple. You click on a Google ad for a second or click on the wrong web page. And what do you got up there? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And it's on every billboard. It's on, you know, uh, every freaking commercial. You know, I mean, it is just in your face, uh, you know, and, and we've, society has painted this picture of, that is how our identity is wrapped up, right? You know, this is not a, a new conversation for us, but I think that it doesn't matter how many times you have this conversation, every time is prevalent, Yes, you know? And, um, the, you know, the fact that society has wrapped our identity in sexuality or in our work or in our, um, you, you know, all these different things, you know, and that's just, that's just in America. I was, I was talking to a guy, a young man, um, he's getting ready to take a missions trip to Japan. Mm-hmm. Right. And he was talking about how the culture there, they work all the time. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like they, it's not unheard of for them to work 24 hours a day and, you know, you know, and stuff like that. And that's, that's what their identity is wrapped up in. Right. Right. And, and so that's, that's how they, they identify themselves as, you know, who could, who could work the most, you know, here we are in America, you know, it's, it's who can get the fattest, you know, who can, who's got the most stuff, who's got who the most the healthiest. It, yeah. Or it, yeah. You know, and I mean, it's just, it, it's just, me, 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 absorb, 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 you know, mm-hmm. and there it's work, 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 right? But it's a, it's still the same problem. 
Right. Right. Your identity is not found in Jesus Christ. This is this is the the thing about holiness. The, the to be set apart. What are we being set apart for? Yes. Right. Who are we being set apart for? We are being set apart for Jesus Christ. We are being set apart to do the work for Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And and I thought this was such a powerful um episode to do here at the beginning of 2024 because if this is the venue that we're going to be pushing if this is if this is the direction that god has a has for us to be set apart we need to understand where the world stands yes we need to understand what what, where god stands you know what are we being set apart from and what are we being set apart for right you know and and that's that is so crucial. And, and you know, and here we are. You, you look at you look at the cross. So my kids went to Passion this this past week. I, I drove. Um, well, just Tony went out for my kids, but I drove several of his friends stuff down there. So if you don't know what Passion is, Louis Giglio at at Passion Church puts on this conference. It was the most amazing thing that I had ever seen. There were sixty thousand kids there between the ages of eighteen and twenty five. And it is so powerful, but he had, he had, he brought in an 80 foot cross Mm. in, in the stadium. So it's, it's in the Mercedes Benz stadium, right? Where the Atlanta Falcons play 60,000 people had this 80 foot cross. Right. And, and, And I was like, man, that is so powerful. Right. You know, we know that the cross in and of itself doesn't have any, um, it's only shame, right? Everything that, Hey, everything that brings that we see good in the cross is there because of Jesus Christ, right? Right, and the sacrifice that He put on the cross itself is a symbol of shame, a symbol of death. You know, it represents us, mm-hmm. right? That cross represents us, and so to to start twenty twenty four off with understanding that that is that is where we are at that everything that brings us value just like the cross everything that brings the cross value is in the person of Jesus Christ in the blood of Jesus Christ you know and um and that is that that's it's so it's so powerful you, you know and I'm not trying to, to just pat myself on the back but this is this is serious stuff like we we have got to understand you know, because I, I'm going to be real honest with you. If God has called me to a, a standard of holiness, right? If he if he's called me to be set apart, that means he's called this podcast to be set apart. Right. You know, he's called us to be set apart. Us as men, us as godly men, men who are leading our families, men who are, are leading ministries, men who are leading in communities, men who are leading in politics, men who are leading in, in, in whatever facet that looks like in a factory. It, do, it, does, it does not matter. If you are a man, and I've said this a billion times and I will say a billion times over, if you are a man, God has given you natural influence it is in your DNA. There's nothing that you could do about it. It is there. And if you have influence, you have leadership and that leadership cannot be taken lightly. And if you are in leadership, which you are, if you're a man listening to this right now, you are in leadership. You have to understand what you're being set apart from. If you are listening to this podcast, if God has called me to a standard of holiness, 
to be separate from the world. He is calling you to the standard of holiness to be separated from the world. And what are we being separated for? That's the question. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to answer that question. We'll be right back after this. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion. Lord, I know I gave my word that I'd help serve food this weekend, but I just got two tickets for front row seats at the big game this Saturday. What do you want me to do? Show me your will. Okay, heads, I go to the game. Now, Lord, you provided these tickets, so to be absolutely sure, tails, I go to the game. Okay, I'll serve food if the phone rings within the next two seconds. Often our struggle with God's will is not so much in knowing what He wants us to do, but in being willing to do it. Okay, Lord, I know I gave my word to help serve, so if you want me to not use these valuable tickets and miss my opportunity to go to the big game, then let a herd of elephants run through my front room. Okay, that could happen. How about elephants on bicycles? Bomber. Are you willing to do God's will? Another message from Lifeline Productions, the comic strip of radio at lifelinepro.com. If you have a question about this week's show, please drop us an email to realmen at palaceofpraise.com. We would love to hear from you. And now back to the show with Anthony and Kyler. All right, guys, welcome back to Real Men Talk. So the question was, what are we being set apart for? If if we're being set apart, you know, and we, we talked about this before the break, but if we're, if we're going to be set apart, what are we being set apart for? Uh, you know, and we kind of talked about what the world is and where we are being set apart from. You know, but if you go into Ephesians chapter four, verses twenty-two through twenty-four, and this is this is the um, this is the NLT version. It says, "Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupt by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes." Put on a new nature, created to be God, to be like God, a truly righteous and holy. You know, and so I, I begin to I begin to think about this. Right when we talk about you know Second Corinthians ten four five, bringing every thought underneath the captivity of Jesus Christ. Right, and uh, you know, but we're called to 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 throw off our old sinful nature the formal way of life, you know, and, and I think that so many times inside the church, we are so bad 
about wanting to dabble in both. You know, even I, and I'm going to be real honest with you, and, and this is this may step on some toes. This may, you know, this may hurt your feelings, and if so, I'm I'm sorry, but it, it it's truth. You even see this from our pastors right now. You know, you you see people like like prominent pastors like T.D. Jakes, you know, having relationships with P. Diddy and, and, you know, going to these rapper parties and, you know, and they come in and preach it on Sunday mornings and, and different things like that. And, and here's, here's the thing, you know, and you can, you can say what you want, you know, well, well, you know, we're, we're called to be in the world, but not of the world, right? We, we are in this world. We are, we are, we have to be here, but we are not supposed to be part of this world. We are a, we are, are to be set apart from this world, right? We are to put on this new creature, this new being that is that that where we are striving to be like God. Now, th- now think about that. So, I just got off of uh, of a, a coaching call, this marketing coaching call, and, and and he he's got this thing that he says, you know, marketing is everything, right? And, and I'm I'm going somewhere. With this I know this sounds weird, but. He says marketing is everything. So when you're doing stuff, everything that you do is is, is some sort of marketing, right? E- even even like your silent cues. So like when you're having conversations about it with somebody and you're just telling them what you do, right? You, you know, you're supposed to have like this little 20 minute pitch of uh, to tell somebody what you do as 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 an occupation, right? And, um, you, you know, where you can just throw it down right there. And they can get the gist of it, you know, and he was talking about the way that the way that you say those things, the way that you your body language, your confidence, your, you know, everything that you just throw in there all plays a part into marketing. Mm-hmm. Right. The way that you carry yourself, the the way your websites look and da, 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 you know, he just went on and on and on. And that's not where I'm trying to go. But my point is. So is being separate from God. Mm-hmm. Right. We are, we are literally, and this is, this is going to sound weird, but it's true. We are literally marketing Jesus Christ. Yes. Right. I, I'm, I'm in, in a weird kind of sense of fashion. That's exactly what we're doing. We are marketing Jesus Christ. And if you are representing, which is, is what we're doing. If you are representing Jesus, but you look like the world, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, it's like when you go into a restaurant and you look up at the menu board, okay, and you're trying to figure out what you want. You usually go for whatever is the most eye-catching, the most, the the thing that looks the best. The th- the If they've got this new like meal deal or whatever, you're going to go to that point. So think of it like that. You are the display of Christ. Mm-hmm. Not saying that you, you have to have the shiniest things or you have to have the newest things, but you are the best parts of the Bible. You are the love. You are the 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 gratitude you are the mercy you are the forgiveness you are you are everything that god has given you you are everything that god wants to portray to to people and you you're you're marketing that by being that you are the display of christ and when you go through and you are going out into the world you are not to be of the world you are to transform the world you are to go in and you are to talk to people as if christ was talking to them and a lot of the times we we don't do that we do it on Sundays because that's where we're supposed to do it. Or we do it on Wednesdays because that's where we're supposed to do it. Or we do it at life group because that's where we're supposed to do it. But then, and I work with teachers who, and some of them, they say they go to church and everything else, but then I see them cussing at each other all throughout the week. 
And I'm like, guys, you that's what students are going to assume it's okay because some of them were like our FCA leaders. And I'm right. like, that's that's not okay to do. But that's that's the difference is they're showing different parts of the display and people are going to see all parts of your display. That's they're, right. They're not going to see all the good unless you portray all the good. Even people, what happens in the dark is also seen. Yes. No matter what you think, even if you try to hide it, there is nothing new under the sun. God is going to expose any darkness that is not there because everything is meant to be in the light. And whatever you display, whatever you want people to see, whatever you are going to show, even what you don't want to show is going to be seen because people can sense that people can see that people will know you people. I mean, it's funny. Students are like, Coach how did you, how did you know that? Listen, everybody knows everything because everybody talks. Everybody sees, <laughs> even when you think nobody's looking, they're looking. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part about the world. That's the, the harsh reality of the world is there's always somebody watching no matter what, then there's always somebody going to say something else. And as much as we want to try to live in both worlds, you can't live a spiritual life and a secular life at the same time. You no. can, you cannot survive in both. What you put on display for the world to see is what they're going to see of you. And if you put on a two-sided display, they're going to see that too. That's right. You know, it's like, uh, it's like driving down the road. It's not time you're ready for dinner. Okay. Mm. And you and your wife are going to go eat. Right. Neither one of you really know what you want, but you drive by this restaurant and that restaurant's got a sign up that's got like three letters missing out of it. Not going there. Right. You know, it looks run down on the inside, on the outside of it. And then they may have good food. Right. But they're not portraying what they have with excellence. Right. They're not. Yeah. And then you go by this other restaurant that has equally good food and their sign looks good. They're, they're, their uh, landscape is good. You know, they've got plenty of parking, you know, you, and you pull up, of course, you're going to choose this place over the other. Now, they may have the same quality of food, right? Right. They're, they're both portraying Jesus, right? My air quotes here. Right. <clears throat> one's doing it with excellence. One's doing it with mediocrity. Right. One's giving their best. One's not. Right. And so you have a world that is searching and Going back to the cross of what Jesus did on the cross, we should be that place of excellence out of gratitude. Okay, so I'm going to say that one more time. We should be that place of excellence out of gratitude, right? It's not, well, Jesus died on the cross, so we should do th- not good things. No, 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 no. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We should give him our best. Our salvation is wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ. He deserves our best. Yes. Right? Now, I, and don't get me wrong. Nobody, nobody's expecting perfection. Nobody, not even Jesus himself is expecting perfection. Right. Right? That there's a difference between per, perfection and, and striving. Right? We'll, we, are, we will never achieve holiness. Right. Holiness is, is perfection. Yes. Right. That's who Jesus is holy. Right. We will never achieve holiness. It is to strive for holiness. Right. We are as Christians that the very definition of a Christian is to strive to be Christ like. Yes. Right. And so, excuse me. So if, if we are striving 
right? We want our signs to be bright. We want our curb appeal to be well-maintained. We want, we want when, when somebody comes searching, when that lost soul comes searching for truth, we want to be the best representation of that truth that we can possibly be. Yes. For that person, because that soul that is in that person is our job. Yes. That is that is our customer. That is the person that we are we are striving to pull for. Right? We're striving for their attention. We want their you know, we have got the best the best gift that anybody can ever give. And we treat it like that restaurant that has half their sign out and no and no curb appeal and there there's trash in their parking lot and that's that's the way we treat it. Yes. But we are called to be set apart. Yes. And we have to remember we had so I had this uh, MMA fighter. He came and he talked to the FCA group last year, and he he ended with this. He said, "Where I walk, there is peace, because I demand peace and I don't let anything else happen." other than peace. And I pray for God that I walk in peace daily. And that is in my mind, and a lot of what we've talked about tonight is we are generating a culture that we are to operate in. We are generating a culture that we must live in. And the problem with the culture that we allow is that we want to mix cultures. We want to mix the best of the world with the best that God has to offer. And the problem is, is that we are now skewing that what the best that God offers is the best of the world. And that's not true. The devil can make anything in the world look great, make it look new, make it look shiny. But that's the problem with the devil is he has to keep working. God didn't. God got perfection when he made the world. Go back to Genesis. When he said it, when he made it, it was good. That meant it was perfect. Mm -hmm. He didn't need to add things to the world. He didn't need to add anything because once he made you, once he made humans, it was perfect. We were the last thing that he had to make in order to get perfection. We don't have to, we, we, we have to die to ourselves daily because we became a part of the world. Not because he put the world in us, but we chose to become a part of the world when we fell. And what we have to do now is we have to separate those two cultures. We have to separate the culture of the world and the culture of God. And we have to strive to live in the culture that God wants us to, that God creates us to. And as men, we have to stay there. We can't, bridge the gap between the two. We are not meant to bridge the gap. We were never meant to be a part of this world. We were never meant to stay. We were meant to walk in unity with God. And the problem is, is when we skew that line, we no longer can walk with God. And we have to go back to the culture that God wanted us to, the original creation that he wants us to be. And that that's the hard part is if we take the cross out of the picture and we don't make that the center of our culture, then we are no longer going to be able to make it back to God. And the more and more and more we live in the world, the more and more that we strive to just be a part of the world, just to be accepted by the world, the further away we get from the cross and the smaller that 80 foot cross that you were talking about gets. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it as you drove away from that cross, the smaller, the smaller, smaller that it looks and eventually it disappears. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem as we see the cross and you know we we go to church on Sundays and we we have that rejuvenating sense of culture and spirit and everything else and then we go back into the world and the cross gets smaller we can't let the cross get smaller we can't let because the cross is the final word it is it will have the last word but we as men we have to make sure that that culture we are creating has god in mind god at the center because if not 
our kids fail, our wife fails, our community fails, our daily life fails, the church will fail because we, we're the leaders of all that. We are meant to be the leaders. We are the head of the household. And if we allow that culture to die, then everything else around it will die too. That's right. That's exciting. That's so exciting because that's exactly where I was going is, you know, creating a culture of, of holiness, you know, and, and you, you hit it right on the head. You know, that, that is what we were striving for, right? That as men, as leaders, we should not fall prey to the culture at hand. Yes. We are to cultivate the culture of holiness. Right. To be set apart. We as husbands, as fathers, as leaders, as, you know, fill in the blank, where, wherever you fall in that, doesn't matter what that next part is, wherever you fall in, whatever that position is for you as a listener, you are to cultivate that culture of holiness. You know, you look at, you look at Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, if you didn't listen to the, um, the main hood on the Mount series that we did, uh, you should go back and listen to it, you know, but we talked about, you know, what, what was Jesus trying to do? He was trying to change culture. Yes. Right. He was trying to change the culture. We should be doing the same thing. We shouldn't fall, fall into culture. We shouldn't allow the culture to, to, uh, influence us. And I'm, I don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about, you know, you, you should wear long sleeves and, and not grow a beard and women should have long hair and da, da, da. that's, that's not what I'm talking about. You know, you can get off on all kinds of bullcrap things that, that have, that, that have nothing to do with anything that, that Jesus was trying to say in the, in that. Right. Right. But to cultivate a culture, to be separated from the world, what kind of music do you listen to? What kind of movies do you listen to? What kind of stuff do you allow your kids to be a part of? What kind of things do you do you put as a priority, right? If you are going to cultivate a culture, it starts inside your home. Yes. Right? Um, I, had the, I had the highest compliment that I could ever be given as a father this weekend. This young man, we, after we dropped the, college, the, the kids off at college, we, we were there. And uh, Tony was was there last semester, right? And so this, we dropped him off for his second semester. And Malachi went, this was his first semester. And, and the young man that worked for the college, he was telling me, he said, he said, um, he said, we love Tony here. He said, and he said something really, really awesome that, that just, it just struck me. He said, he is a leader among his peers. Why is he a leader among his peers? And, and here's the thing, this is going to sound really selfish, but it's true. I cultivated a, an environment, a culture of leadership in him. Mm-hmm. He was, he was always going to be a leader of his peers because that's the way I raised him to be right. That was the highest compliment I could ever, I could ever achieve mm-hmm. as a father. He is a leader among his peers and we're not talking about just in some secular college. We're talking about in a godly environment in this in this Christian college, this uh, this James River College, and where everybody. I mean, these I don't want to say they're, they're handpicked, but you not there's only a hundred students there. I mean, like 
not just everybody goes to this college, right? Right. And so for him to to be there and to be labeled a, a, a leader among his peers tells me that I did my job. Yes. As a father, I cultivated that environment. That starts in my home. It starts in your home. You know, and that's that's the way it's supposed to be. And then that that work, that toil, that you know, anybody who's a parent knows that it's not easy, right? There's there there's there's no handbook for it. There's no you know blueprints for it. There's nothing like that. It is it is fly by the seat of your pants all the time. Hang on and let Jesus take the wheel, kind of thing, yes. right? And uh, you just pray that you do the best and you fail so many times in the midst of it. But when we strive, I, I, I keep going back to there. When we strive for that standard of holiness, when we strive to cultivate that, that standard of holiness, that, the environment of holiness to be set apart, it not only affects our families, it affects the people around our families. Mm-hmm. The people that the kids in, in his dorm are affected by the decisions that I made. Yes. The people, when he picks up a guitar and sings and, and prays and worship, he brings people into that, that kind of environment. He is affected by the decisions that I made in my house. This is, this is such a crucial thing. I cannot reiterate, reiterate it enough that you what you bring into your house, the things that you allow in your house, the things that you do in your house, the way that you raise your children, you know, when you cultivate an environment of striving for holiness, you are cultivating an environment outside of your home also. Yes. That is how we change the world. That is how we change our, our churches in 2024. That is how we change our schools in 2024. That is how we change our government in 2024. This is how we change the, the environment in our kids' lives in 2024. This is cultivating this, this standard of holiness. Yes. We have got to continue to look at the cross. Our standard of holiness needs to be out of gratitude for what Jesus did on the cross to, to forgive us of our sins and to change our lives because he loved us. Mm-hmm. He gave everything. Second Peter talks about yeah, how he came down as, as a human and died a death, even a death on a cross, right? And so understand that what you are doing here, the, the, the precedence that we are setting today in 2024 is going to affect the outcome of 2024 in December. You have got to create a standard of holiness. Man, I, I cannot, I cannot reiterate it enough. I can't say it enough. I can't, there's, there's not, a, there's not enough time in the day to repeat it. And then the, the amount of times that it needs to be repeated. You as a listener, whoever's listening right now, you have to cultivate that environment. We don't do it on our own. Through the, we do it through Jesus Christ, the word of His, te- the word of our testimony, the word of God, the blood of the Lamb, the, our, the, our our gratitude to Jesus Christ. These are the things that we need to 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 cultivate this environment 
of holiness. Yes. And so, men, know that I love you, that that we are for you, that Jesus is for you. You know, if you need, if you've got questions, if you got, you know, you need feel like you're struggling, you need help, you reach out to us. Real men at palaceofpraise.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, YouTube, Rumble, um, you know, all those. And so, uh, you know, know, know that striving is what you're doing. Striving. That is, it, to me, that seems like such a powerful word to strive for holiness, right? The, it, you know, uh, obviously, it, you know, we're not going to be perfect. We are going to fail. We are going to. And when we do, we dust ourselves up and be like, okay, I messed up. Let's learn from it. We're going to push forward. So, men, you can do this. You can do this. And as always, I want to enter a prayer. Holy Spirit, teach us to be leaders of our homes, of our communities, and of our churches, and teach us to be godly, courageous men. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Real Men Talk, brought to you by Palace of Praise Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you would like to get in touch with us, shoot us an email, realmenatpalaceofpraise.com, or visit our website at palaceofpraise.com. If you're a man age 16 and up and would like to be a part of the conversation, join us at the Palace of Praise every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. If you don't have a home church, consider joining us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Palace of Praise is located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. New episodes of Real Men Talk drop every Thursday at 5 p.m. You can find us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Amazon, and more. Real Men Talk is a production of Palace Media Service. Real Men Talk has been brought to you this week by RLP Construction in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For commercial contracting of all types, see RLP Construction today. And by the Jewelers Bench in Poplar Bluff. They are your one-stop shop for all your fine jewelry needs. They also do in-house repair and are your citizen watch dealer. Make sure to thank our sponsors for bringing you Real Men Talk. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion.